on behalf of the media ministry of the Central Church of God. Thank you for purchasing a recording of our Sunday worship service. It is our prayer that the anointed message of our pastors and lay ministers will not only bring encouragement to you, but inspire you as well to a greater love and service for our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. The Lord's help, I have a message on my heart that has been stirring for several days and even weeks but not easy to really pull it where I felt it needed to go. But with God's help, I'm going to preach today, and I hope you will receive what God wants to speak into your heart about. You can turn in your Bibles, because the text will not totally appear on the screen. So if you brought the sword with you, bring it out. And let's read from Psalms chapter 5. Psalms 5. This is the New King James translation. The psalmist begins, O Lord, hear me as I pray. Pay attention to my groaning. Listen to my cry for help, my King and my God, for I pray to no one but you. Listen to my voice in the morning, Lord. Each morning I bring my request to you and wait expectantly. Oh God, you take no pleasure in wickedness. You cannot tolerate the sins of the wicked. Therefore the proud may not stand in your presence. For you hate all who do evil. You will destroy those who tell lies. The Lord detests murderers and deceivers. Because of your unfailing love, I can enter your house. I will worship at your temple with deepest awe. Verse 8. Lead me in the right path, O Lord, or my enemies will conquer me. Make your way plain for me to follow. My enemies cannot speak a truthful word. Their deepest desire is to destroy others. Their talk is foul, like the stench from an open grave. Their tongues are filled with flattery. O God, declare them guilty. Let them be caught in their own traps. Drive them away because of their many sins, for they have rebelled against you. And then the verse 11 and 12, that is my text this morning. Would you say this with me from the screen and we'll all speak together from this translation. But let all who take refuge in you rejoice. Let them sing joyful praises. Oh, that's not the same thing. Preacher, you read from the screen. (laughs) I looked on somebody's face and, what is he reading? So together, let's read from the screen. (laughs) But let all those rejoice who put their trust in you. Let them ever shout for joy 
because you defend them. Let those also who love your name be joyful in you. For you, O Lord, will bless the righteous with favor. You will surround him as with a shield. Let the word of God go deep into your heart, into your mind. What the psalmist is declaring here, Lord, those who rejoice put their trust in you. And those who put their trust in you, they do have a shout of praise to give unto God. And those who love your name, love your name is the key to that. Love your name. Whoo, hallelujah. Let them be joyful in you. For you, Lord, you bless them with favor. Now here's the title of my message today. He's more than just God. He has a name. I dare say that when we pray, we address in our prayers, Lord, God, we may say Jesus, we may say Father, but the majority of our prayers focus on the name God. Well, I want to tell you today in this message, He's not just God. He has a name. And our text this morning said, Lord, all who love your name will be filled with joy. Hallelujah. He has a name. Father, would you guide this word today? You know where it needs to go. So I pray into my heart and through me, let me be a vessel that you can speak through. Holy Spirit, without your anointing, this will be nothing but words. But with your anointing, it will go to the heart that you have brought here today, Father, to hear a message that will transform their lives and turn them to where you need them to be today. So God bless now. And give a direction to this church, Father, that this year, this church is going to be known, Father, as a church who loves you, who loves your name, and Lord, who will declare with a shout of praise that you're still our God. And Lord, we will become more familiar with praying your name and receive that that you have bestowed upon us through the promise of your word, through your name. I bless you today, and I thank you, Lord. For I ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Just walk with me for just a moment. When you read the scriptures, and especially in those Bible days, This has too much echo, so somebody who's controlling sound, take out the echo for me, please. In biblical times, names tell us important things about people. 
in that the name of a person was named after events in their lives. Number one, we'll find that circumstances that individuals often found themselves in would often determine what name they would give to a child that was to be born. Such as in 1 Samuel chapter 4, when the Philistines rose up against the Israelites and they prevailed in battle against them. Um, Let me tell you, it wasn't God's will for them to lose that battle. They lost because they took God for granted and they'd broken God's commandments and were not living as they should. And they went through all the motions of fighting the fight. But they lost the battle. And verse 11 of 1 Samuel 4 tells us that the two sons of Eli, Hophni and Phinehas, were slain in that battle. But even worse, the Ark of the Covenant was taken. And when Eli, who was the high priest, when he heard it, being old and very heavy, he fell over backwards, broke his neck, and he died. But when the wife of Phineas, who was near to giving birth to a baby, when she heard the news that her father-in-law and her husband were dead, and that the Ark of the Covenant was taken, she gave birth to a son, and she named that son Ichabod which meant the Lord has departed. Now how would you like to have a name such as that attached to you for the remainder of your life? But she named him according to the circumstance she found herself in in regard to the covenant of God, the Ark of the Covenant no longer being present. Also, A person was named in response to a personal characteristic that that individual had, such as when Rebekah gave birth to her twin sons, Esau and Jacob. You remember the story. The name Esau means hairy because he was covered with hair when he was born. And the name Jacob means supplanter. And the story unfolds for us why he was named Jacob. Because he deceived his brother through his mother. And Esau sold his birthright, being the firstborn, because of the deception of Jacob. It's also revealed in Scripture that not only circumstances caused the person to be named, not only a personal characteristic of that person, But also their call to ministry was found in their name, such as the prophet Ezekiel, whose name meant God will strengthen. Now, I don't know if Ezekiel's mother realized when she had that boy how true those words would be fulfilled. God will strengthen. But if you'll recall, Ezekiel was the prophet to the exiles in Babylonian captivity. And it was his calling to strengthen the people. He said, we sat down by the river and they required of us a song, but we couldn't sing the Lord's song in a strange land as the psalmist says it. But Ezekiel said, I sat among them 
Not joining in their pity party because God got a hold of Ezekiel and spoke through the prophet words that would lift them up and strengthen them and give them hope for a better day. God is that kind of God that we serve, amen, that will help us to know life will change if you'll trust in God. If you'll hear His Word, He will change whatever it is that life has surrounded you with. Well, the Bible also reveals to us that just as it was with the names of people in the Bible, God's names are no different. And I say plural, names. There's one God that we serve, but there are many names revealed throughout the Scripture. And those names as recorded for us reveal not only the character of God Himself, but this is key to this, but also God reveals through His name to us the ways that He wants to move in regard to His people at the point of their greatest need. Understand that. Anytime a name of God appears, it is there to reveal to God's people that if they will love His name and call upon His name for whatever their need is through the name of God, that has been revealed, he is ready to move in their behalf. Now, under grace, we have lessened any requirements to call out those names, but it is such a, a honor of God's people to know and understand the names that the Word of God gives to God. Because we are the people of God and we find ourselves in distinct needs that man can't meet and life is not going to help us with. But, but when we go to the Word of God and we are, it, it is revealed to us a name, then love that name, speak that name, and pray that name for God to move in your behalf. So Malachi 3 and 6 tells us this, I am the Lord... Anybody know what else it says? I change not. For I am the Lord, I don't change. If that be so, neither does His name. Hallelujah. Our text says, Lord, they that love Your name find joy. Amen. Uh, you can say, I love you, God, and, and God hears that. But oh, when you know Him personally, and you have been uh, uh, in a place where God had to move in a particular way, and it was that name that the Holy Spirit revealed to you that helped you to break through your circumstance and into that arena of God's blessings, then you're going to love that name a whole lot more. Amen? And you're going to rejoice, and you're going to shout praises unto God. For God's Favor comes to those who love His name. So I pray today, God, help us to love Your name more and more. Listen to these verses of Scripture that focus on the name of the Lord. God wants to bring us into a greater understanding, a deeper understanding of knowing His name. What will it do? I think it's, I had it on the last screen. That will unlock a spiritual power within us that we never knew we had. 
When you know His name and you call out to that name, the Holy Spirit then, I believe, wants to unlock a power that you didn't even know was resident within you. Faith comes more alive. Hope is revived within you. And you're able to speak what God's Word declares. So let the name of the Lord be spoken into your heart today. Notice these scriptures. Romans 10, 13. Quote it with me. I need you to get involved. God, I see too many sleepy eyes in this place, so wake up. It's time to hear the word of the Lord. Romans 10, 13. Say it with me. For whosoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. Do you see the key there? Whoever calls upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Psalms 9, 10. And those who know your name, hallelujah, will put their trust in you. For you, Lord, have not forsaken those who seek you. Proverbs 18 and 10, one of my favorite. The name of the Lord, hallelujah, is a strong tower, and the righteous run to it and are safe. Psalms 124 and 8. Our help is in the name of the Lord who made heaven and earth. Now notice, each of these verses don't just tell us to call on God, but to call on the name of God. Now, that's not much of a revelation, I know, but some of us need to revive some stuff we've heard before and bring it to the surface again to let the devil know, I know in whom I have believed. I know His name. I love His name. I speak His name. And I know He is ready and He is able to help me when I put faith in who He is. But if we don't know His name, how can we call on His name? How can we access that power that I earlier said, that spiritual power that God wants to bring within us, how will we access that power if we don't know those names? Now this is not a slam on anybody's intelligence whatsoever, because many of you could preach a whole lot better about this than I do this morning. But I pray God help me in just a a little bit to just lift up that name, glory to God, and declare it. Because it's time for victory to resound. It's time for joy to come forth. It's time for the church to be strong in battle against this world and against the devil. Remember the statement that I said earlier. The various names given to God in the scriptures not only reveal the characteristics of God... But also those names reveal to us the ways of God to His people at the point of their greatest need. So I challenge you right now. Look at your heart. What is your greatest need? 
What is the one thing that's really stirring you to call out to God? And let the Lord reveal something to you in this, this morning. Go to the next slide, please. So here's the challenge. Do you need to know the purpose of your life or for your life? Then you need to know what? See it. He is Elohim, your creator. If he created you, he purposed something for you. If it's not God's will for His children to go through this life struggling with understanding what His will is. So call out to His name. If you're having a battle with, I don't know what God wants me to do, call out, oh, Him! Love His name. Speak His name. He created you with a purpose. Glory to God. And when you know He has a purpose for you, then you open your heart, your mind up to the revelation of that purpose in your life. Satan wants to bind your eyes, blind your eyes, bind your understanding from understanding that God has created you for a purpose. Elohim. Say it again. Elohim. My Creator. Do you need power over your situation? Got a lot of folks in this room. Situations are really binding and holding you down. And you need authority over whatever your situation is. Then say it with me. He is El Elyon and El Shaddai. Come on. Almighty God who makes His power available to you. Love His name. You are my El Shaddai. Well, I'm not Jewish, Pastor. Those are Jewish names. No, they're not. They're the names of God for all His people, Jew, Gentile, whoever you might be. And when situations of life are crashing in around you and suffocating your spiritual life, call out, El Shaddai! Hallelujah. Glory to God. God wants to show His favor to you if you'll love His name. Do you need to know that you matter? Then he is Adonai. I love that name. Adonai. Your master who gives you significance. Hear me. To whom you were born to is not the determining factor of your significance. Many of us were born not in the best of situations. And life has a way of saying you were born for this or that or the other. But when you get born again, God says it doesn't matter what your physical birth decided you were to be. Your spiritual birth has given you a new beginning. Hallelujah. That old has passed away. And God wants to bring the new into your life. So God is your Adonai. He gives you significance. Anybody remember when you got saved? Do you really recall when you were born again? Something got a hold of me. Something began to stir inside that let me know your father, his father, and his father were on a downward road to hell, bound up in captivity to sin. But when Jesus came in, he came in as Lord and Savior of my life, and he brought a change that nobody could ever 
change it for me other than me in my decision. So if you feel like you're insignificant, there'll be some folks who'll come along beside you and sit down with you and they'll play their little fiddle of feel sorry, pity, party. But if they're really sin of God, they're going to say, get over it. Amen. Get over it. Don't you know who you are? Don't you know you're a child of Almighty God? Don't you know there are no insignificant people to God? You are a chosen generation. You are a royal priesthood. You are a holy nation. You are a peculiar people to offer up praises unto God. So if life is beating you down, say, I have no purpose. I have no significance. Nobody cares. Nobody, nobody is there to help me. And all that kind of stuff that life wants to bring on you. Why don't you tune into Heaven's Radio? and get a hold of what God from heaven is saying to you. I don't create junk. Every person born has significance. You are who you say you are. You declare it and that's what you become. So if you want to stop that insignificant junk, begin to turn it around. Call upon the name of the Lord. My Adonai, make him personal to you and let God bring significance to you. What is your greatest need right now? He is your, say it with me, Jehovah Jireh, who provides what you need now. Hear the word? Now. Now. I love that gospel song, He's a Right Now God. He's right now, ready. To reveal. So, are you hurting? I need you to speak this out in faith. Now, I'm saying to you, love His name. Call on His name. Now, you can call on God. Will He hear me if I just say, God, help me? Yeah, He'll hear you. But I want to tell you, He comes back and says, why don't you personalize it? Amen. Why don't you make it a little more personal? Because the gods of this world are being called on. The Muslims believe in God, and they know His name. What is it? Allah. And they call out to who? Allah. By His name. All religions who are motivated by some false god, they know the name of their God. And yet we give, and Lord help me with this, I don't want to be disrespectful, but sometimes we get so generic and sloppy, oh hallelujah, in addressing this great God Almighty who He is, well, what He's ready to do for us. And it does take some learning. It takes some discipline on our part. It takes some studying the Word, knowing the Word, reading, absorbing it, digesting the Word of God. God doesn't waste any of His words. They are for a purpose. And so his names revealed to us are for a purpose. So are you hurting? Say it with me. He is Jehovah. Or Rapha. R-A-P-H-A. Different spellings for it. Who is that? He is your healer. I am the Lord who heals thee. How many sick folks in this house today? You got something going on right now. You're not, you're not flu. I hope you stay home if you got the flu. But if you're here... But there's something. Woo! Personalize it. 
Personalize it. You are Jehovah Rapha, the Lord who heals my diseases. Well, Pastor, uh, my hurt is more than my faith. Well, you need to build your faith up. How do you build it up? Hearing the Word of God. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. So I'm preaching the Word of God. He is still Jehovah Rapha, the Lord who heals. Oh, glory to God. Hallelujah. Do you need help? Say it with me. He is Jehovah Nisi. He is your banner of victory. Amen. Defeat is not in the vocabulary of the child of God because it's not in God's vocabulary. We are more than conquerors through Him who loved us. The enemy seeks to defeat us, but God seeks to help us to know you are a winner with me. You are an overcomer. And he has a blessed reward to those that he's going to give to all who overcome. So when you lift up Jehovah Nisi, it's just like you're waving a banner. You are my flag of victory and I'm going to declare it when the enemy comes in like a flood. Jehovah Nisi, lift up a standard against him. Amen. When he comes in to defeat me, Jehovah Nisi, the Lord, is my Victory. Come on, declare it. The Lord is my victory. Woo! Somebody needs to shout with me a little bit here today. Let God be God. Amen. Let His name be exalted. Woo! Hallelujah. Do you need peace? Then speak His name. Jehovah Shalom. The Lord is my peace. Those who love your name, Lord, rejoice in you. We speak your name when trouble rises up. You are my peace. Do you feel separated from God? Then speak his name. He is Jehovah M. Kaddish, who makes you righteous so you can know God. Even if you have failed Him and slipped up in your sin, He is still God who through His Son has made you to stand righteous before Him as you confess those sins to Him. He forgives them. You are still the righteousness of God through Jehovah M. Kaddish. Do you feel unloved? This seems to be the big thing today. So many people do not feel loved by their companion, by their children, by their parents, by anyone. You are a child of God, and God wants you to to understand when you call out my name, Jehovah Rohi. God, speak it now. You are my shepherd. And I shall not want. He didn't go any further than saying that I shall not want. It's up to you. Fill in the blank. I shall not want for love, number one. Because I know you love me. Oh, hallelujah. Would you just lift your hand and give God praise. Give him praise Praise for who he is. Who his name is. 
Hallelujah. Oh, God, help me this morning now. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Lord, here is where you gave a revelation to me. All of these names and others, this is not the end of it. But the names of God and what he desires to do through his name for his children. To me, whether you agree with this, I don't know, but I sensed in my heart If we don't believe this other name that I'm going to give you in a moment, then we cannot know him as Elohim, El Elyon, Adonai, Jehovah Jireh, and so forth. Because you've got to believe this in regard to his name. Don't put it up there yet, Jalene. Again, to that prophet I spoke about earlier Ezekiel the Lord strengthens Ezekiel if you read that over 70 times or at least 70 times in that book the common statement that is heard is this then they will know that I am the Lord over and over again he's strengthening the people But coming to the end of his prophetic word, the last verse, Ezekiel 48, 35. God leaves his people who are still in captivity, still weighed down with the things that they're suffering. They're lonely. They're forgotten. They're bound up in captivity. And they feel God is so far removed from them. And this verse is a prophetic passage of Scripture that is pointing to a future time that we know as the Millennial Kingdom when God restores His creation back to that idyllic condition that He originally intended for Adam and Eve in the Garden of Eden. And His desire to always be present with them. Remember, God came seeking Adam. And he found him day after day until one day sin came in. And God had to say, where are you, Adam? Adam had hid himself from the presence of God. And it grieved God's heart that no longer would he and Adam walk together as one. But sin had separated them. So it had been God's desire through all the millenniums to bring that back with His place in their hearts where they together would be one and we would be one with Him. So this prophetic passage of Scripture has to do with a city that the prophet talks about. And we know from Revelation that city to be the new Jerusalem, the city of God coming down from heaven. But after telling 
the people. This is what is so critical. In chapter 10, because of Israel's transgressions and disobedience to his commandments, and because of their ritual without heart relationship going through temple worship, they no longer were a pure and holy people in their worship before God. In verse 11 of Ezekiel 10, the prophet, he watches and sees the glory of God being lifted up from off the temple. It is no longer present in the temple. Now hear me. They would later rebuild a temple. But it didn't have the glory of the past temple. And from that time of Solomon's temple until New Jerusalem comes and the temple of God is there. The glory of God in every temple that was built, even when Christ was alive, it was rituals that they were going through. The glory is never mentioned. In regard to the temple. Again. Ezekiel said I saw the glory of God. Departing. From the people. But then he comes back. After 70 years. Of their being in captivity. He he leaves them with this. Hope. With these final words. He's given a full description in detail of the temple in that heavenly city. And, and you'll get bogged down because it is every, every dimension is spoken there. Of every, every aspect of the temple and of the city itself. The King James records Ezekiel 48, 35 in this manner. Notice it now. It, meaning the new Jerusalem was round about 18,000 measures. Well, we don't understand what measures are, so newer translations tell us the city was 6,000 miles around the city that Ezekiel saw. And here's the key. And the name of the city from that day shall be, say it with me, the Lord is there. <laughs> come on, keep on praising God. Let some, let some revelation come in. Hallelujah, hallelujah. <laughs> this is the last time that a name of God as in the Old Testament that had been revealed, the last time a name of God is revealed. The name of that city shall be, the Lord is there. In the Hebrew, the understanding is this, say it with me, Jehovah Shammah. Lock it in, say it again, Jehovah Shama. Say it again. Jehovah. The Lord is there. Before he can be your healer, you've got to believe the Lord is there. 
before he can be your provider, you better believe and call out Jehovah Shammah. The Lord is there. Whatever your need is, Jehovah Shammah, the Lord is there. Love his name. Rejoice in his name. Before you ever see the evidence of your faith coming into being, declare by faith, the Lord is there. If you don't, despair will overtake you. Despondency will pull you down. And people are going to have to dig you up out of the muck and the mire over and over. Stop it! Get out of that hole! Jesus raised you up and elevated you to sit with Him in heavenly places. Hallelujah. I don't know how much more is on the screen, but go to the next slide. I left this up to Ashley. We can know and experience Jehovah Shammah. How? Now, by knowing the name of His Son. Who is it? Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. And by being born again, hear me, the Lord is always there. But it's more than a feeling. It is knowing that you're born again. Because even when you don't feel saved, you're still saved. Because God gave you emotions that sometimes can be up and sometimes can be down. Sometimes can laugh, but more times crying sometimes than laughing. He knows that. But he also says, I gave you a heart to know me. The heart is the understanding of knowing who he is. Say his name again, Jehovah Shammah. Hallelujah. The Lord is there. If that's not true, then you can't believe he is a very present help in time of trouble. Because you're always wanting to bring him to where you are. Now hear me, there are special times when his presence is more manifested than in others. But he's always there. He's an omnipresent God, which means He's everywhere. And everybody can know that. But it is the redeemed of the Lord who can know, but He is there for me. There signifies a place where you need Him most. A time when you need Him to break in. He is everywhere, but I need Jehovah Shammah to be here. And when you love His name, speak His name, pray that name, whatever the circumstance is, have faith in that name to declare, 
My circumstance is bad, but the Lord is there. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Bobby, I want to say to you, son, wherever the army takes you, go with an understanding. You may send me here, there, or anywhere, but the Lord is there. Before I even get there, He's already there. (laughs) And that's that's the revelation of truth God gives to His children. The world doesn't have that, but you have it. Because He's already there in your tomorrow. Lining people, circumstances, situations up for your favor. Did you not hear the text? With favor... God reveals His favor to those who love His name. So you should expect the favor of the Lord. If you love His name, and you're calling on His name. Glory to God. Go to the next slide. Listen to these scriptures. Hebrews 13, 5. For He said, I will... Never leave you, nor forsake you. So say it with me. Jehovah Shammah. The Lord is there. Glory. Matthew 28, 20b. And be sure of this. I am with you always, even to the end of the age. Say it now. Jehovah Shammah. The Lord is there. Glory to God. John 14, 15 through 21. If you love me, keep my commandments. And I will pray the Father and he will give you another helper that he may abide with you forever. Stop there and say, Jehovah Shammah, the Lord is there. Glory to God. The spirit of truth in the world cannot receive because it neither sees him nor knows him. But you know Him. Come on. You know Him. For He dwells with you and will be Jehovah Shammah. The Lord is there. I will not leave you orphans. I will come to you a little while longer and the world will see me no more. But you will see me because I live You will live also. Say it again. Jehovah Shammah. The Lord is there. Oh, praise God. John 14. At that day, you will know that I am in my Father, and you in me, and I in you. The Lord is there. You in me, I in you. Jehovah Shammah. He who has my commandments and keeps them, it is he who loves me, and he who loves me will be loved by my Father, and I will love him and Jehovah Shammah. I am there. I will manifest myself to him. And folks, if that don't motivate some faith, I don't know what will. Call out to His name. And quit speaking the names of the world. Despair. Hopelessness. Weariness. Downheartedness. Discouraged. 
I'm always lacking. I don't, I'm without this, that, or that. Quit it! You're an heir to the King of Kings. An heir of God, a joint heir with Christ Jesus, your Lord. And it's time that God's people move into some possessions now before they get there. God wants you to be blessed now. And greater blessings are going to come. But why are we missing out on what He has provided for us already? So you can continue praying generically, and God will hear you. But He won't move the devils out of the way quicker as it will when you call His name. Glory. Get a hold of that. See, Satan hears God everywhere he goes. Why, he's even God of this world. So that's not anything that moves him. But when you put faith in his name, Satan begins to tremble because he knows heaven is about to break loose. Glory is about to come down. And the Holy Spirit is about to move you into another realm of God's presence in your life. So put faith in His name. Grow in your understanding. I challenge you. Study the names of God. Go buy some books. Go on the internet. It's everywhere out there. Go and look for it. And know who it is that you are serving. And start applying by faith who God is to what your needs are. Glory. Well, it ain't over. Matthew 18. I thought I was through. If two of you, how many makes two? One and one. Not if four of you, not if 30 of you. If two of you shall agree on earth as touching anything that they shall what? What does it say? Ask. That means they're praying. So if you agree on touching anything, it shall be done for them of my Father which is in heaven. Quote it now. For where two or three are gathered together in my, you get it? In my name. Woo! There! Jehovah Shammah, the Lord is there. There am I in the midst of them. Yes, amen. So if you're alone, Ranger, stranger in this walk of faith, get a hold of one more and say, come into agreement with me. Jehovah Shammah, the Lord is there. The Lord is my healer. The Lord is my provider. The Lord is my, my significant. He builds me up. The Lord is there when nobody else is. The Lord is my peace. Will you agree with me? Yes, I will agree. And Jesus said, it will be done. Glory. What time is it? You going to tell me? I'm over time. <laughs> but that's not unusual. Woo! Glory to God. I don't know if there's any more or not, but go to the next slide. Where do we find the Lord is there? Go to the acts of the Holy Spirit. You can call it Acts of Apostle if you want to, but it's the Acts of the Holy Ghost. Yes. Amen. 
What God began, he said, he will complete. He began in the book of Acts, revealing to his church, he is Jehovah Shammah. I am there. On the day of Pentecost, he was there in that upper room with 120 disciples when they're filled with Jehovah Shammah, the Holy Spirit. And they began to speak with other tongues. You still believe that, preacher? Yeah, there's some tongue talkers in this room this morning. If you let go, this house would reverberate with praise unto God in the Holy Ghost language. He still is baptizing in the Holy Spirit. Glory to God. When Peter preached his first Pentecostal sermon in Acts chapter 2, the Lord is there. Remember it? Conviction comes. And 3,000 souls rise up and say, Men and brethren, what shall we do? Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of the Lord Jesus, and you will receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. And 3,000 souls were saved that day, baptized in water, and I believe filled with the Holy Spirit, and were added to the church. There's still something about a preacher, a church, that will stand up and declare, I don't know what's going on in this world. I know it's happening, but I know what God wants to go on in this world, and I'm here to declare that what he did then, he is doing now. The Holy Spirit is ready to move the church into revival. Revival. Oh, where does it start? The Lord is there. The Lord is there. Lord, help me to get through this. Go to the next slide. Beth, go to the piano, please. We'll close this out. Act 3. When Peter and John went up to the temple to pray, when they encountered a lame man sitting at the beautiful gate, Jehovah Shammah, the Lord is there. Peter looked down on him and said, Silver and gold have I none, but such as I have, I give to you. I give you Jehovah Rapha. The Lord is your healer. In the name of Jesus, rise up and walk. And Jehovah Shammah is there. And the lame man leaped to his feet and began to walk into the temple praising God. For the Lord had healed him. Acts chapter 4. After being threatened by the religious leaders not to preach and teach in the name of Jesus, the apostles went where? To a prayer meeting. And the Lord was there. How do we know? The whole place was shaken where they were assembled together. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit. They were controlled more so with the Holy Ghost. Acts chapter 6, Stephen, the first Christian martyr, was being stoned for preaching the gospel. The Lord is there as he looked up and saw Jesus standing at the Father's right hand. Stephen didn't see his persecutors. He saw Jesus. When you know the Lord is there, your vision is sharpened to look beyond the people who are hurting you. To see Jesus who loves you. The Lord is there. Acts 8, the deacon Philip went down to the city of Samaria. The Lord is there when he preached and great joy came to the city. Many were saved and delivered from demonic possession. Because a layman, he's not a preacher. He's a layman, a deacon in the church, full of the Holy Ghost. But God used him. 
And there's more to Philip's life than that. Just read about it. Acts chapter 9. When Saul the persecutor was on the road to Damascus, the Lord is there and struck him down. He was going to get church people and lock them up in jail. And he accepted Christ as his Savior and and became Paul the beloved. Saul the persecutor was changed. Why? Because Jehovah Shammah, the Lord is there, brought him to repentance. Acts chapter 10. When Peter was sent by the Holy Ghost to the house of Cornelius to preach the gospel, the Lord is there. And when he preached, while he was preaching, what happened? The Holy Ghost fell on all who heard the word and they received the Holy Ghost and began to speak with tongues, just like on the day of Pentecost. In Acts chapter 12, hear me now, when Peter was put in prison, for what reason? Just preaching about Jesus. And they put him in stocks and bonds and chains. But at midnight, no, that was Paul and Silas. He wasn't doing anything. Somebody was praying in a prayer meeting for Peter. And God sent an angel and shook the chains, hallelujah, off of Peter's hands. And struck Peter on the side and said, get up and get out of this place. I want to tell you, when you know the Lord is there, you better know when it's ready and it's time for you to get up and move. Don't stay stuck, but get up and move in the faith that God has given to you at that moment. Almost there, folks. In Acts 16, when Paul and Silas were beaten for preaching, the gospel thrown into prison, the Lord was there. When at midnight, what were they doing? Crying about their, their bondage? Oh, no. Singing psalms. Praising God. And at midnight, the Lord sent an earthquake and shook the prison and broke the chains off of Paul and Silas. And the jailer got saved and his whole household as a result. But they were released because they believed in Jehovah Shammah. The Lord is there. Amen. Acts 12. When no, I just did that one. Acts 19, when Paul encountered the disciples of John and asked them if they had been filled with the Holy Ghost, they had not even heard of the Holy Ghost. The Lord is there as Paul laid hands on them and said, Receive ye the Holy Spirit. And they were all filled with the Holy Ghost and spoke in tongues and prophesied. I want to tell you, if God's going to have a victorious church, it's got to be a Spirit-filled church. That believes to this place, to this time, to this situation. He is still Jehovah Shammah. The Lord is there. Let me just give you an example. We had one of our single moms. And I'm not going to tell you who it is. But she was in a desperate place. Coming to church. Her car broke down. And she says, I think it died. The motor's dead. And she, (laughs) forgive me for saying it, but I got in her face. I said, stop it now. Stop it. Get out of the pit. Get out of it. Because you're blocking God from doing what He can do and will do. As long as you stay down in that hole, you can't come out of it. Until you look to God for help. And her faith was challenged. And I came in the the sanctuary. Had about ten people 
Bible study Wednesday night. I said, I need you to pray right now. If you know what to do about this, give some wisdom. And God began to move on one of the men in the church. And he began to move on somebody else. And they got up and walked out of, of class. And I knew God's doing something right now in her behalf. And he took her to the mechanic's house or the place. And left the car waiting for an answer. And the answer came back and said, well, it could be this, but I'm afraid it is this. That the motor is shot. It's going to have a complete, have to have a complete replacement of valves or a complete new motor. So I shared that news with the young single mom. And she again said, oh, no. <laughs> but Jehovah Shammah, would you get a hold of this? The Lord is there. His eye is always open to his children. His hand is always stretched out to help those who are in need. For a day or two, we didn't know what was going on. Well, I just got to tell you. Ken Stewart's called me. He's the man God used. Ken called me and said, Pastor, you won't believe this. What? The mechanic has a friend he hadn't talked to in years. He called him up and he says, try this. And they tried it, cleaned out the valves, and the car started running. <laughs> you can call it a miracle or not, but I'm telling you, Jehovah Shammah, the Lord, is there to supply every need that you have. And it didn't cost the $1,500 to get her car going, nor the sixteen dollars to $2,000 that it was going to take to replace the motor, but for $150. Am I right, Ken? $150. <laughs> Glory. Jehovah Shammah, the Lord is there. When will you and I believe that? So next time you're tempted to go into that negative zone don't go into the heavenly realm of sitting with Christ and declare the Lord is there